thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. It's nice to be here. Hello. Good morning. Yes, thank you for the friendly welcome. Very good. I was greeted with a look of blank look on Tim Balaam's face when I came in this morning. And the words are, oh, you're the guest speaker. And I grabbed hold of his hand so he couldn't leave because it was gone. It's great to be here this morning and lovely songs of praise and thoughts about our Lord Jesus. I believe we're doing a little series or a series on the God that does the impossible. Is, is somebody say something? Have you not noticed that difference? Yes. Yeah. So we're going to read a little story today from the book of Second uh, Kings, chapter six, and it says this. Now you notice that. 2 Kings chapter 6 comes straight after 2 Kings chapter 5. Magnificent. And in 2 Kings chapter 5, you had Elisha stopping a war with another country. Okay, he's done it with a miracle. He's done it by healing a man called Naaman, who was the right-hand man of a king, a foreign king. And Elisha sorted it all out. In the second part of chapter 6 and chapter 7, you have another country invading Elisha's country, and he sorts that out as well, and he just knows that God is with him. Now, they're two newsworthy items. Do you ever watch the news and think, why on earth is that on the news? To what purpose have they advertised the fact that somebody bought three jars of jam in Tesco. Other shops are available, apparently. But you wonder, why is that on the news? Well, in chapter 6, the first seven verses, you have something which probably wouldn't make the news. Stopping a war is a newsworthy item. But this is what the Word of God says. The company of the prophets said to Elisha, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole. Let us build a place there for us to live. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. And one of them was cutting down a tree. The iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. One axe. Then we've got to make the news, is it? <laughs> One axe. Our life is made up of little incidents that are never going to make the news, never going to get the headlines, 
And perhaps nobody's even going to notice. But all our lives are made up of small events. Sometimes the big ones come along and we get involved in big stuff, but most of it is very small. And as I was given this passage this morning, I thought of this lovely passage here, and my mind went to the gifts that God gives us. God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Just been singing about the breath in our lungs is his. My heart ticks because God allows it. I breathe because God has given me life. I was able to earn money because God gave me talent and ability. I'm able to move because God has given me muscles to move and my body is so complex and so is yours. A wonderful, wonderful thing, the, the human body. And God has blessed us with human gifts. The ability to work, the ability to do stuff, the ability to think, the ability to create good things and go to good places in our minds. It's a wonderful gift from God. And then we get spiritual gifts. Then even more precious. Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says in chapter 12, look at the gifts you've got. The gifts that God has given you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he writes to the church in Corinth and he says, listen, every good gift that you've got is from God and God gives them as he chooses. As he chooses. I used to admire preachers until I became one. Just a gift from God. I wanted to write songs when I was younger. I wrote one, it was awful. Not my gift. Part of life is accepting what you can't do as well as what you can do. Do you know that? I can do the same things I did 30 years ago. It does take me twice as long. Some things I can't do, I'll be honest with you. Those days are gone. But here we have a little incident. Never going to make the news. No war stopped. No horsemen surrounding people to protect. It's just a group of people who want to do something bigger. And one man, one man, don't even know his name. Do you want to take that? Don't even know his name. But he goes to borrow an axe. And somebody gives him an axe to use. He's keen. And he's given a gift. He's borrowed it and somebody's loaned it. And so he goes down to the river with the other people to chop down trees and branches or whatever and to make this bigger place to live. It's good. And Elisha goes with him. And they all go down together and Elisha's there and they're working hard. And this, this act was loaned. Was given. Look what God has given you. Not the person next to you, but the person that's sitting on your seat. That's you. Look at what God has given you the talent, the ability, the blessings that God has given you. Don't wish you were somebody else. Because if God wanted you to be somebody else, he would have made you somebody else. Did you follow that? 
I am me with my flaws, but God has created me for a purpose. Little overweight, no, a lot overweight, but that's my responsibility. Less biscuits, more, more exercise. But look at what God has given you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. We're going to close with, not now, but don't get, don't get your hopes up. We're going to close with some verses from Second Peter. You were hopeful there, weren't you? Because at first they took them when I said that, we're going to close. But God has given us gifts. And all those gifts are useful. That axe was useful. That axe was made to chop down trees. That axe was made to do certain things. Wasn't made to make pastry. Wasn't made to do anything other than chop stuff down. That's an axe, that's used for an axe. And so this man, unnamed, unknown, borrows an axe and he takes it and he goes down and he, what he had in his hand was useful. Absolutely useful. Now you could have said, you know, well, I've, I've got an axe, I'll go and put it in the shed. It's useful, but I'll just keep it nice and shiny and bright. If I use it, it might get dirty. So I'll stick it in the shed, put it on the shelf, and that's where I'll leave it. It was useful. Every gift that God has given is useful. The Word of God is useful. Second Timothy 3.16 tells us that every Word of God is useful for correcting and training and rebuking and teaching us to be the people that God wants us to be. God's gifts are always useful for me and for others. But I can take a gift that God's given me and just stick it on the shelf. We're British, most of us. We're British. We have a stiff upper lip. And we don't push ourselves forward because people think we might be showing off. So I'll just hide my light under a bushel and hopefully it'll all work out in the end. Jesus was a man who did what God called him to do with what God gave him and the abilities he gave him. Look at the people that serve God. Look at the people that reach out to people and are the people that God wants them to be. The axe was useful, friends. The gifts that God has given us are useful for me and for others. So he's given this axe, which is useful, but then it's a step beyond that. It's used. He doesn't stick it in the shed. He doesn't put it in, a, in, a, in cling film or bubble wrap and, and hide it. I won't use this in case it, you know, it might not, uh, it might be... I'll save, I'll save this for a rainy day. How do you decide when a day's rainy enough to use it? That's my question. You've got to use it when it's appropriate. God's given us useful gifts. We're called to use them, not hide them away and be embarrassed if it fails and, and all the rest of it. But God has given us gifts. God has given you gifts. Financial gifts. God has given me financial gifts and spiritual gifts. Wonderful spiritual gifts in the Holy Spirit as a Christian. Useful. Used. The man goes down and he gets his axe and he, he starts to use it. He's chopping down trees. Everything's going well. And this is where the analogy kind of breaks down, right? 
Either he misused the gift, the axe, or the axe wasn't very good in the first place because it broke. When an axe head comes off an axe, all you've got is a stick. Is that right? There's not a lot you can do with a stick if you're going to chop down trees. So it seems to me that the lesson here is that I've got to be careful how I use the gifts that God gives me. They're not going to break. They're not going to snap because all the gifts that God gives me are perfect. But I've got to be careful how I use them. If somebody gave you a Rolex watch, would you hammer a nail in with it? A wise woman there, she said no. You wouldn't, would you? You might use a hammer, but you certainly wouldn't use a Rolex watch. And a hammer can't tell you the time, and a Rolex watch won't hammer a nail in. But I've got to be careful how I use the gifts that God has given me. All the gifts that God gives me are for his glory. Not for me to be glorified. Not to me to be exalted. Not to me to be shown how good or whatever I am. Every ability I have, physical, mental, spiritual, or whatever it might be, is a gift from God for his glory. And his gifts don't wear out. His gifts will keep on giving. That's the God that we worship and serve. But this man, his gift that was given, it broke. And the axe head is now in the water and he's left with a stick in his hand. It was lost. It was lost. Are you using the gift that God has given you in the right way? in a proper way? Is it having the effect it should have? That's the question God's got for me this morning. The limited ability that God's given me, is it being used in the most effective way, in the right way, in the, in the true way, in a way that honours God and not glorifies myself? And this gift, this useful gift, was lost. And that's awkward, isn't it? That's awkward. What's the man going to do? Is he going to sneak off home? Hopefully nobody will notice. But the problem was, of course, it wasn't his axe, was it? The axe had to go back to the person that gave it. He was accountable to the person that gave him the axe. It wasn't his axe. Every gift that God gives, we are accountable for God for how we use it. <laughs> for whether we use it or not, or whether we use it inappropriately. I'm going to assume for the sake of the analogy that this was a perfect axe, and the man just got it wrong. Every gift that God gives is perfect. Do you think Christianity is like buying a one-fit size for everybody? I remember going to a, a country show in, in Cheshire with um, my son and grandson, and there was, a, there was some gloves there, one size fits all, right? One size fits all. Went to buy a pair of gloves for my grandson, and the answer was, uh, the children's gloves are down there. Excuse me, this box says 
it's a one-size-fits-all glove box, but the children's ones are down there. Confused? A little bit. God's gift is perfect for you. Your age. Your sex. Your abilities. Your situation. God's gift is perfect for me. Where I am. What God calls me to do. Where God wants to send me. God's gift is perfect. But I've got to use it carefully and prayerfully and wisely. And so it's awkward for this man when I don't serve God as I should I find it awkward to pray when I've got a guilty conscience about what I should have said and didn't or shouldn't have said and I did I find it a bit awkward and the more I leave it the more awkward it gets <laughs> what did the man do? he went to Elisha the man of God who was with them. And what did he say? It was quite simple. I've lost my accent. Didn't embellish it. Didn't tart it up. Didn't make any excuses. He just said, this is the situation. I've lost my accent. The gift that I was given, it's gone. It's broken. It's in the water. And what did Elijah do? Come here, you, you numpty. Why had you broken the axe? Come here. Let me give you a piece of my mind. No. What did he say? Where did it fall? Isn't that lovely? <laughs> Just tell me where it happened. God, I've let you down. I'm, I'm, my, my gifts are not what they used to be in my life. The power's gone. The relevance is gone. I, I don't understand it. I can't explain it, but Lord, it's just not working as it should. I'm left with a stick instead of an axe, and I don't know what to do about it. And God says, tell me. When did it fall? Where? Just tell me where it happened. I would say this this morning, that I know, I know where I've let God down. As a Christian, so do you. Or you can bury it under prayer, you can bury it under good works, you can bury it under self-pity, you can bury it under whatever says God, but I know where it all happened. I know where you disobeyed me. I know where you went wrong. And I want you to tell me where it is. And he says to Elisha, it was there in the river. You see, it was awkward, but it was missed, and he wanted it back. And so he just says to Elisha, it's gone. Maybe to the man it was irretrievable. Maybe to the man it was all up and no more trees to be chopped down. His work was over. What did Elisha do? He took a stick. A thing didn't make any sense at all. And what did he do? He threw it where the place was where the axe head had got lost. And what did the axe head do? Floated to the surface. And what did the man do? He reached out his hand 
Here he took it. And it was restored. Restored. Because he went to the man of God. And the man of God did the impossible with the ridiculous. And it was restored. My heart this morning is, is focused on those of us who think we're lost. And we can't be restored. It's too big. It's too awkward. Too far gone. Too long ago. It's gone. My friend, this morning, the simple truth is that God is the God that restores. He takes the broken and he takes the lost and he says to us just show me where just bring that to me and I'll restore it I'll restore it King David was an adulterer and a murderer and a liar and a cheat and he cries out to God in one of his psalms Lord restore to me the joy of my salvation oh he'd done all those things and he had but he comes back to his God and he pours out his heart to his God and his desire for God is restore to me the joy of my salvation if you're a Christian this morning and God has given you a gift that you think you've lost, just tell him where you lost it. And he'll restore it. Just tell him where it all happened and he'll recover it. And the axe head floated and the axe was restored. And the man's work could continue. So this morning, if you're sat there thinking it's all up, it's too awkward, it's too long ago, I'm too embarrassed. There's a God that wants to restore. And if we're sitting here or standing here thinking, God could do nothing in my life. Look at the mess I've made. It's the God that sent Jesus with a ridiculous message that on the cross, on the cross, he took our sin. To the world, it's foolishness. To some, it's a stumbling block. But to God, it's the power of God for salvation to all those who trust him. It doesn't matter where I've come from. The important thing is that I come. It doesn't matter what I've done. The important thing is that I come to the cross and trust in Christ. And then God can take me and use me in a way that perhaps I never imagined. And if I make a mistake and it's awkward, and I lose that joy and I lose that sense of him being there 
I just simply come back to him. It can be difficult. But to come back to him and say, Lord, that's where it happened. That's the mistake. Right there. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And that's wonderful. Wonderful. But he goes a step beyond and he says, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When the axe head went onto the shaft and that stick became an axe, there was no sense of the river or the loss. You see, it was just what it should have been and always was. The gift of the axe. Just one axe. Friend, you're just one axe. You're not just one anything. We've just moved house. Lady in the state agent, I forget her name, but she finally says, oh, it's, it's only so-and-so here. I said, no, 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 no. You're not only, you are. After about the fourth conversation on the phone with the estate agent, she said, hello, it's so-and-so. I said, that's the only God. She said, yes. You're not only anything. You're not just anything, you're you. And God can use you to bring glory to his name. You see, it's just one axe. But it's important that one axe did what that one axe could. What about it this morning? Have you got the guts to say, Lord, that's where it happened. That sin that's been haunting you for years, weeks, months, minutes, hours. That act of defiance which you know is there. We've all got them. To come to him and say, Lord, this is it. It's right here. And he will restore because you're too precious to leave you unrestored. We're going to close with some amazing verses from Second Peter. After this, I'm going to finish. Listen to this. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. In other words... When I do what God says, I keep the axe head strong. I'm able to serve my God faithfully. And it's his divine power that has given us it. Just one axe? No. An axe. May God bless his word to our hearts this morning. Let's pray. Loving Father, Thank you that you're the God that does what we consider to be impossible. Father, if any was here this morning feeling awkward, feeling embarrassed, 
feeling lost and broken, give us the courage to tell you what we've done and thank you that when we do that, you restore and you recover and you re-energize by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, take us and use us in the way that glorifies your name this week. In the name of Jesus.